Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Today, I want to talk to you about my leadership regrets. My leadership regrets. What I wish I had done differently, or I wish what I had known, however you want to do that. So one of the things that happens as I travel and speak, especially in smaller groups where we can do some Q&A, uh, questioners usually ask in different formats and different variations. So uh, what's your leadership regret? Uh, if you could do something over, what would those be? And I'm going to give you six of them today. Uh, I got more, but you don't have the time of all my regrets. I'm going to give you the six top regrets that I have for uh, what might be helpful to you. It may affirm you. It may encourage you. It may correct you. Uh, you're going to take it however, whatever is going on in your life. So you're going to contextualize it to whatever is going on with you. So here uh, are six of my leadership regrets. Here we go. Number one, I would listen more and talk less. So whenever I'd get with other leaders, other church pastors, pastors who had uh, churches larger than me, leaders who had gone before me, who were leading larger organizations than I was leading, uh, I remember I was busy talking to them, telling them what I was doing, rather than listening for what they were doing. Because what they were doing would have been of help to me. Uh, because it was, you know, it was like they were here, I was here, but I'm telling them I'm doing this and I'm doing that and, and pretty proud of it because what I was doing was not bad. It was not wrong. It was really, really good for my context. But if I had listened more and talked less, I would have had the opportunity to hear what they were doing, uh, learn from their ideas, learn from their mistakes, learn from their adjustments. And then I could have asked questions like, hey, you go, you're doing this with your children? Uh, what would, tell me more about that. And, and what changed your mind about that? And why are you not doing what you used to do? And, and, and if you could redo so over, what would that be? I would have had the opportunity to interact with them, interface with them. But because I was busy doing the talking rather than listening, it didn't happen. The second thing right under that part B of the same uh, regret is I did not go prepared to those meetings. That means that I wish I had written some questions down. Yeah, pastor, can you tell me these three things? CEO, executive director, whoever I was talking at that time, could you tell me these things? Uh, president, could you tell me these things? And, and, and that never happened. Give, give you a prime example. Uh, so I was going through seminary at one time back in the mid 80s. And at that time, I had no idea that I would end up becoming a Christian university president. So I was just going to seminary and just like everybody else who goes to school, who goes to college in the post grad, in the graduate program, I was just there busy handling all the other uh, uh, demands of my life and just was not looking at what do presidents do. If I had any insight at that time, I have hindsight now, if I had insight at that time, I would have sat down with the president, made an appointment with him, and tell me, uh, what do you do? And 
because I found out that 70% of what uh, higher education president does is uh, develop donors, is to raise money, is to get funding. I had no idea about all of that. All that to say, I, I did not do that and I did not go prepared into meetings with saying, here are the three things. Can you help me with these? Here are my challenges. The first one is listen more and talk less. Number two, admit failure for my poor decisions without being defensive. When you mess up, you fess up. So it was, I was insecure at that time. Uh, I was uh, in, a, in a place in my life where I needed to prove something. <clears throat> I was young. Uh, not everybody was on my team. There were people who were watching me and, you know, some wanted me to succeed and some were wondering if I'll succeed. I don't think I had anybody who was out there rooting for a failure, but there were, there were some who knew I'd be okay, but there was a whole bunch of people with question marks. Is Sam going to be able to do this leadership thing? And so when I, I had those pressures on me and whenever I would mess up, I would try to spin it. I would try to explain it. I'd become defensive. I would uh, blame. I would say, had I had this, uh, if I was there, if I was in a larger city, if I knew more people, if I had more money, if I was better educated, if I had better leaders. And, and so I had all these caveats going on. And one of the regrets is that I missed out on learning opportunities because I was so busy explaining what was wrong and what went down wrong rather than re being reflective and introspective and stepping back from it and asking myself, okay, this happened. If you were to do it again, what would you do different? Would you do it again? And I did not know how to process the failures that I was dealing with. Number three, and before I give you number three, if you're joining me right now, I see a bunch of you are on there. If you join me on right now, just hit the chat button and tell me where you're from. Uh, I'm from Toronto, Canada. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa. Where are you from? Just hit the chat button and tell us where you're from. Number three, probably my greatest regret. This is my greatest regret. I'm going to give you six, but this is my greatest regret. My greatest regret is I did not have mentors and coaches in my life. Did not have mentors and coaches in my life. Now, I can explain that by saying that to you, that when I was emerging as a leader in the 70s and 80s and so on and so forth, when emerging as a leader, in those days, we did not know we could have mentors and coaches. Because in those days, you were afraid of sharing your... Uh, feelings or, or your failures because you got blacklisted and, you know, uh, people talked about you. There's no such thing as confidentiality. And, you know, you just, just kind of get all wrapped up in that. And that is one of the reasons why we have the Sam Chan Leadership Institute. That's one of the reasons why you are part of the SCLI program. And the reason for that is what I did not have, I hope you're receiving from this program. And not only are you receiving from this program, but you're helping others see the same thing. I wish I had mentors and coaches. I can tell you this much about my life. 
my life would be much further down the road than it is today had I had mentors and coaches, had somebody kept me from making the mistakes that I made, had somebody affirmed what I was going to do, had somebody helped me not second guess myself, had somebody just come alongside and say, hey, listen, I've already made this mistake. You don't need to make this mistake and would have helped me in that process. But that did not happen in my life. Hopefully it's happening in your, your life and you're being part of this program as part of that whole plan is to help us understand we all need mentors and coaches. Number four, I would be intentional about my relationships. Two things under that. Number one, I'd minimize the negative and I would maximize the positive. So in all of our lives, your life, as you're listening to me right now, there are uh, people who make deposits into your life and people who make withdrawals from your life. People who affirm you, people who discourage you, people who are positive, people who are negative, people who want you to succeed and people who are just happy for you to keep the status quo, people who really are for you and people who are not that for you. I've been more intentional about cutting loose the negative ones earlier in the game. Because my response to negative people was, I can win them. If I had just one more lunch with them, if I could just visit with them one more time, uh, they just don't understand me right now. If they understood me, surely they would go along and they would like and they would agree and they would affirm. And so I spent... I think I spent my best energy motivating negative people than spending my best energy maximizing my positive relationships. You have both of them in your life. You're making decisions about them today. You have been making decisions about them today. Be intentional about your relationships and listen to the next sentence real closely. Wherever you are going in life, relationships will take you there. Wherever you're going in life, relationships will take you there. I get to travel all over the world, not because I'm that good, but because I have relationships with people. And it is a relationship that will take you to wherever. Think about your life. Think about your life for a minute. Wherever you are in life right now, whatever you are doing, if you're willing to be secure and think about it, there are people who have brought you there. It has been relationships to get you to where you are today. I would choose my relationships more carefully and be intentional about it. I've got number five and number six to give you yet. But before I do that, if you are just joining me uh, and you are... Uh, in another city, another country, just hit the chat button. Let us know where you're from. I see them coming in now. Uh, just tell us where you're from. And that's all we want to know because that just encourages us to see how people are all over the world uh, listening in right now. Number five, I would develop leaders, not just followers. I would develop leaders, not just followers. Uh, it, it, as, I, as I look back on my leadership journey, I, I was a, and still am, a nurturing leader. And a nurturing leader uh, does not attract leaders. A nurturing leader attracts followers. A nurturing leader 
attracts people who need care and concern. And those are usually followers. But a systematic leader, a strategic leader, uh, attracts people who are going somewhere and who are leaders. So my nurturing, my caring, my loving, and you, this stands for misunderstanding what I'm about to say, all of those got in the way of me attracting and keeping leaders. Because leaders are not looking to someone to hold their hand. Leaders are not looking for someone to nurture them and care for them on an ongoing basis. They have it from time to time, but that's not what they're looking for. So I would have developed more leaders and not just followers. I remember some of the organizations that I was a part of when I resigned from there and moved on to another chapter of my life. And looking back on it, uh, I see how I could have done much better in raising leaders. But here's the challenge. Because I did not have mentors and coaches in my life, and because I'm an accidental leader, and because nobody raised me as a leader, I did not know how to raise leaders. Maybe you're there today. Maybe that's your experience, that uh, you came up through the ranks, and you're doing what you're doing by the goodness of God and His grace and favor on your life, but nobody has ever invested in your life. Because, because this is what happened. We teach like we were taught. We lead like we were led. We don't know any different. And maybe you're there and you're saying, yeah, me too, me too, me too. And it is in that moment that you have to say to yourself, I'm going to break the cycle and I'm going to love everyone, but I'm going to lead leaders. I want to be a leader's leader. And number six, number six, my last one. And this is a tough one for people who have been in leadership. Here it is. You've got to lead, be cognizant of your age and stage. That means the way your style of leadership, your philosophy of leadership, your uh, assumptions of leadership. I'm not talking about values, I'm talking about your style and the structure and the systems of leadership. They have to adjust to your age and stage. I'm in a different age and stage right now than I was in my 20s and 30s. And how I led then is different from how I lead now. But I meet leaders all the time who've been, who have not had uh, an intentional review of their own leadership style, especially uh, people who have founded organizations, started churches, started businesses, entrepreneurial, they tend to not become intentional about saying, hey, when we started, we had this many people, now we've got this many people, and now we want this many people, how do I need to adjust my style to my stage and age? What stage are you in? What adjustments do you need to make? Because you see, you've got to be willing to eliminate before you can actually take on more stuff. So you've got to be willing to say to yourself, this works then, I want it to work now, and the reason it's gonna work now is if I do now leadership. So stop doing then leadership, and start doing now and future leadership, your age and state.